welcome to Nourish. My name is Kasha, and I'm an entrepreneur, a longtime meditator, and a student of Chinese medicine. My mission with this podcast is to share the tools and practices to help you integrate your whole self into every aspect of your world. As someone who is both a type A high achiever and a deeply spiritual, vulnerable, and empathetic being, I know firsthand how it feels to be living a double life, showing up one way at work, a different way alone, and struggling to reconcile the two. This disintegration of authenticity is one of the biggest causes of burnout, health flares, and anxiety. For me, understanding how the mind-body connection is crucial to health and success, cultivating a strong sense of inner self, and applying the healing philosophies of Chinese medicine and Zen Buddhism to my life has allowed me to lead from a completely heart-powered place, letting go of other people's judgments and finding peace in allowing my multi-dimensional being to shine. My hope is that this podcast may inspire you to do the same. I want to call out. It is a practice, it is a journey, but I believe it is the most important thing that we can do for our bodies, minds, and our ultimate potential. Enjoy. Hello everyone, welcome back to the pod. I'm your host Kasha and today I have an incredible, incredible guest for you all. I am welcoming Antoinette Chirinos to the podcast. Antoinette was born and raised in Peru in a household where her grandfather made home remedies with native herbs and fruits while her grandmother practiced energy healing. Antoinette is a healer. She's one that integrates plant medicine, kundalini, reiki, crystals, and more into her practice. But today we are going to be diving deep into a very specific topic, and that is plant medicine. We're going to be diving into everything from native herbs as healers through to ayahuasca. And we talk about the process of healing, how integration is as important, if not more important than the ceremony itself. Antoinette shares her perspective on the spiritual essence of plants and ceremony from the point of view of her experiences in her own home country of Peru. And then finally, we dig into what may be a controversial topic, and that is that A, not everyone will benefit from all plant medicines, including ayahuasca, and B, that psychedelic plant medicines can be overdone, and that's both from a physical and spiritual point of view. And then finally, C, we're going to be talking about the fact that it's not just set and setting that matters, but how the plant was harvested, when it was harvested, and the intentions of the shaman themselves. In a time where psychedelic medicine is truly what feels like the latest trend, we're experiencing a popularity spike that resembles some sort of a stock market craze. And I use that term specifically because there's an essence of traditional consumerism that at least I'm witnessing as we approach plant medicine. And Antoinette and I really question, what does it look like in terms of benefit and potential harm when we apply the traditional consumerist mindset of plants as medicine in America. Let's go. Antoinette, welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. It is such an honor and we have so much to cover. I mentioned right before we got started that 
when I first met you and we had our first kind of introductory call to get together and talk about a completely unrelated topic, as soon as I recognized that, oh my gosh, you would be such an incredible guest for the podcast and you agreed, I had to stop the conversation because I wanted to kind of experience all of your perspectives for the first time. So here we are, finally, there's some buildup. <laughs> I'm excited to be here too. Thank you for having me. It's totally, totally my honor. So before we dive into all of the questions of which there are quite a bit, and I want to also really explore your background and your perspective, which is so unique. I want to start with a question that I ask every guest, and that is, what are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Mm, I would say dedicated, driven, and authentic. I've never asked this before, but how do those questions kind of uh, land for you? Because I know it's a very Western cultural thing, perhaps to ask, well, you know, when you ask, who are you? It's always what you do, right? And so that's kind of actually why I wanted to start off with a question that in some ways goes deeper because it describes your perspective, or I guess the way that you reflect who you are. You're from Peru originally, right? Yes. The question of you know, how would you describe yourself or who are you? Is that even a common question there or is it completely different when you meet somebody new? No, it's not a common question. It's something that I've learned that is being asked to me before here in the past. But uh, you come to a different culture, you adapt to the culture, you kind of follow the energy and flow with it. That resonates so deeply. I'm Polish originally. And in Poland, it's not as common either. Like not every conversation starts with that. And I love that you, one of the words that you shared is authenticity, because I think that for a lot of people, when there isn't kind of a deeper meaning in life or something that you're living for all too often, we can become so tied to what we do is who we are. And so I think that when we talk about authenticity, it can be sometimes helpful to recognize that that's not the default everywhere and that in other places you can introduce yourself, not just based on what you do. Now, with that being said, you do do a lot of incredible, incredible things. And I found it fascinating when you submitted kind of your, your bio that you mentioned that it was really hard to define exactly the type of healing work that you do, but you are a healer and you integrate plant medicine, Kundalini, Reiki, crystals, and more into your practice. But as we already started to mention, you also come from Peru. You were born there to grandparents that really fostered your gifts and shared their own you kind of shared a story of how grandpa was making home remedies with native herbs and fruits and grandma practiced energy healing. And so I would love for you to share with us as somebody who has tapped into those gifts for yourself, what was that journey like? Were you just born and you trusted them and they flourished from there or was it kind of a evolution? So before I answer that, I just want to make sure I do practice energy healing but at the end of the day, you are your own healer and you are the medicine. I hold sacred space for you and I will make sure that I work by your side, but you do have to do the work yourself. I just wanted to put that out there because I don't want to have that perception that, oh, I heal you, you know, come see me and you'll, you'll like be healed. That's not who I am. 
I love that. Thank you for calling that out. I think it's so important. Thank you. I think each of us are responsible for our health and we should be our own advocate. With my grandparents living back home in Peru, it was just very natural for me. And I think with everyone who lives in Peru too, it's very natural to like have your herbs, your teas, make some medicine at home with fruits, make some medicine at home with different herbs and have your grandma uh, do a clearing of your body and read the energy on you and see if you feel out of balance or not. So that's very natural. And yes, I when I was born, since I was little, my mom would tell me different stories about how I'll pick up on energy. And as I was growing up, you know, my dreams became more vivid and I will be able to pick up on energy of different people just by touching them. And sometimes in a conversation, they'll talk about something and I'll see an image of the subject that they were talking about. So I'll pick up on energy of the subject too, as the person was talking to me. So that's kind of like how it happened parallel to my regular life. Uh, it's very common and very natural to just come home and say, you know, I feel really heavy. Can you do a clearing on me? Or like, I don't feel well, my throat is hurting and go to the garden and make a tea with that. So very normal, very natural. It's something that is very powerful to be connected with Mother Earth, to be connected with your own gifts and work with them and try to bring your body, your mind and soul back to balance. It's interesting because you are mentioning two examples, like the physical body and like a a energetic state where perhaps you come home and you feel heavy or you feel dark or I don't know, fearful. And I'm curious from your perspective, are those connected like the physical state and the energetic state? And if so, does it require to, to find healing or to create space for others to heal themselves, do you need to decouple them or are they kind of entangled together from your point of view? I feel like they're uh, together. I feel like if you believe in the medicine from here and the medicine from other cultures, you can do treatments together at the same time, you know, like in Peru, you go see a doctor if you can like bring yourself back to balance with everything that you've been working on, like your home remedies and stuff, you go see a doctor. And if the doctor say you need surgery, you know, it depends on how the person is feeling at the time they'll move forward or not. But yes, I feel like it's your emotional body out here, you know, and then things start like getting into it. And then they, penetrate to the physical body and then we start like developing certain ailments. So there's almost like a progression that can be possible. I mean, some of it might start, it sounds like from the physical body, like obviously like a bone break or some sort of an infection, but some of it can be an energetic and then translate to physical ailments. Exactly. And it can be genetics too. You can, you know, have it from somebody else in your family. There are different reasons why we get sick. I wouldn't say it's only the emotional part and the energetic part that can be the reason. There are different reasons. Mm. Now, how you heal, that's what I was saying. It depends on you. It's your own healing. 
10 years ago, I had um, had problems with my womb and I went to see my doctor and she said that I have fibroids and she recommended to remove my uterus. So I just did my own research. Of course, I was panicking. I left crying in tears. You know, 10 years ago, I, I was just started to dive into these herbs even more. And I took it up on me and research and did my own plant medicine at home. I got rid of, I have five. I got rid of two of them, the, the other three shrunk. And I just recently got rid of the last one. So I still have my uterus. I didn't remove that. I was my own advocate and I did my research and I chose to do the other route. So each person is their own unique healer. And I feel like if your intuition is telling you do have the surgery, there is no right or wrong on that. I don't, you know, say don't do it. You have to do what your heart is telling you. You have to do what's going to bring you peace. Some people have a surgery and they're peaceful and they're okay with it. And that's fine. I appreciate you sharing that, you know, it's not about this or that. It's really, I think at the end of the day, it is an individual's personal journey. But I will also share that, and I forgot who to attribute this to. So I'll look it up and link it in the show notes. Here in the West, like traditional Western culture, really medicine is treated as a means, like a it's a sick system. It's fixing you when you're very sick, right? And treating a lot of the symptoms. And so I'm curious for people out there, and I can attest to this in my own experience where I suffer with really bad eczema. Sometimes it becomes full body eczema and it can be confusing. You know, is it a physiological thing? Is it a spiritual thing? It is definitely emotionally connected, but very specific emotions. Like it's not just stress, but it's actually when I am going against what my gut instinct says for an extended period of time, like in a relationship that's not right for me or in a work environment that's wrong. And I'm saying yes, when I feel resistance, that is when it starts to flare. So it's like very specific stress, not just the overarching bucket of stress, but it can be so confusing to sort out what is it that's triggering this, right? Especially for conditions unlike a broken leg where let's say something like fibroids or eczema or any of the many autoimmune conditions that seem to just pop out of nowhere. How do you decipher if it is something that you can heal versus not? Because I think that can be such a scary journey for so many people. Do I just take the drugs or do the surgery or do I explore something else and what is right? What do you recommend for that process? So each individual is very different. I, that's why I say you are your own healer. You have to go inwards and you have to see what decision is going to bring you peace. I cannot decide for you or I cannot say this is for eczema and everyone is the same. I know for sure when we are developing ailments like that, that your body is telling you that it needs clearing and not only the emotional clearing, but also the physical clearing. So a nice natural cleanse with herbs to clear your body and bring it back to an alkaline state. So that area that is usually when it's skin issues is the liver. That area that uh, needs extra nourishment, like your liver, you know, it cleans out and it doesn't 
get triggered. The liver, you know, all these areas is like you are like kind of almost angry and like almost like very tense, I will say. And so combined with all these emotions are coming through, you know, it just triggers everything to come out. And I'll explain that to you, but you are in power. You are the one who's going to decide. And to me, you know, let's say you decide there is a surgery for you, you decide to go for the surgery. If that's what you think is going to heal you, then it's probably going to be healing you because you know, because it's running through you. That intuition is running through you. I can advise you. I know what I know. I've studied the organs. I study different things that are associated with the energetic body. And I can tell you what herbs to take, but you are in charge. You are your own advocate because otherwise we become narcissists. This is what it is. And this is what you should do. No, I become like one of the doctors that told me like, yes, remove your uterus. And when I asked her, like, why did I get them? She didn't have an answer because I told her I, I don't have kids and I didn't want kids. She said, you don't even need your uterus because you're not having kids. You know how devastating that was for a woman like to say that? And I can only imagine people that don't have the resources or like leave that office in fear. And they just have that doctor as a hope for health. It's really sad. After that experience, I always make sure anyone who comes see me doesn't leave with fear because I want them to live with hope, with tools, with like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to research on this. That's so powerful. Times have completely changed because I do remember that it used to be very unusual to ask for the root causes of things. And now I think a lot of people are exploring that with their own physical ailments. I do want to offer if you have any advice for people who aren't in tune with their bodies and are struggling with these things. And let's say they just went to a doctor similar to yours where they heard this is the one answer and they're like, but why is this even happening? And, you know, for conditions that aren't acute, like a broken bone, which you fell, you broke it, you know, it needs to be stitched back together. They're trying to explore alternatives. What can you recommend in terms of how to get in touch with what is true for them within their intuition and how to sort out really what path is right for them. I think that's the ultimate question where you, of course, cannot tell them what to do, but do you have any guidance to help them figure out how to figure out what to do? What is some? What are some of the ways to explore that? So they get a doctor's advice. They should get maybe like an herbalist advice have like a second opinion, have somebody else from a different field. And then maybe uh, you get somebody else in addition to those two. And between those three people that you reach out to, you know, like see what resonates better with you. What decision is going to bring you peace? How does your body feel when you say, I'm going to have that surgery? Do you feel nervous? Do you feel like, I don't know, it's giving me anxiety. How does the herbalist make you feel? How does this person, and maybe an energy healing, you know, person, a practitioner, how does this path makes me feel? Answer and see what route makes, brings you peace. Because if something is giving anxiety, it's because your intuition is telling you go in a different way. And we tend to like disregard a lot of that. 
And trust me, there are so many times that I've done that. And then I go back and think about it. I'm like, no, I know my intuition is telling me this. I'm going to go that way. And I don't question it. There is a saying that my partner uses a lot here too. It went away. It'll come back to me, but it is regarding give the benefit of the doubt. That's what he says sometimes, you know, give the benefit of the doubt. And I've done that two times. And the two times that I did that, it went really bad. So give the benefit of the doubt is you telling your intuition, I'm not listening to you. Because if I meet somebody and there is an ease or something else like that with me, I'm not going to be mean to the person, but that is just my intuition telling me there is something off with this person's energy. So if I give the benefit of the doubt in this situation, in this person, I'm going against my energy. So I don't pay attention to that saying anymore. My partner uses it a lot. It just doesn't align with me. I think the person who created this phrase was very like head-minded, like thought a lot and analyzed a lot. And it's just like, feel with your heart, make the decisions with your heart, and then you tell your mind how to act. Use it as a tool. One of the things I noticed that you mentioned is you talked a bit about flower essences. And I think that actually shifts very well to a question that I would love to ask you about, and that is plant medicine. It is all the rage right now. Everyone's talking about plant medicine. And I also think it's important to recognize that when we talk about plant medicine here in the Western context, kind of is referring to psilocybin, ayahuasca, all these journeys. And I would love to get your thoughts as somebody who is native to Peru and also a healer, frankly, (laughs) that works with all sorts of different plants. What is your perspective on this pull to using plant medicine as a means to heal? Well, I feel like You don't need to do ayahuasca, first of all, to be healed by a plant. You can start with nourishing herbs, like herbs that are so accessible, nettles, dandelion, red clover, all these beautiful nourishing herbs, you know, that they are grounding. They start working on your root. I feel like plant medicine is very important, but you can meditate with all the plants. All the plants have the spirits. All the plants have consciousness. And they're here to help you out, each of them. Do you encounter a plant for a reason? They show up in your life for a reason. You might be needing healing from this plant. Yeah, ayahuasca is great. Ayahuasca is powerful. But again, you don't get healing one session. You have to do a few things and you have to do the internal work. You know, I'm, if you go out there, let's say, because you have PTSD, okay, but then you have to like integrate the medicine. You have to go through your own journey. The plant is there to let you know what is needed to be healing you and be with you through your journey. But uh, the plant is not going to do the healing for you. At the end, you are your medicine. You are the healer. That is so powerful. And You know, you mentioned the fact that it's not going to happen overnight. And I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, you know, is is the answer then, and maybe there is no right answer, but I'd love to know your perspective. What are your thoughts on continuing to do ayahuasca ceremonies? Because I think that's also a trend, right? Or I hate to call it a trend, but it is because a lot of people are preaching it. I've been kind of recommended it so many times in my own life. 
transparency. I've never actually done ayahuasca, but I have tried psilocybin. And I'm just wondering when it comes to the healing, you, you mentioned that the internal work is so crucial. So is the answer to do more ceremonies, more plant medicine, or is the plant the introduction and the work is actually done outside of the ceremony or combination? I'm curious what your perspective is on that. You know, like I was saying earlier, each journey is unique, but I do believe that if you want to have an ayahuasca experience and you want to get perhaps your foot in the door for your healing journey, go ahead, have that. But you don't need to do three, four, five ceremonies. It's a lot. You have to be mentally prepared. You have to be in a good space You, because otherwise you have bad experiences. You have to find the right shaman, the space. You have to make sure that the plant was harvested when it was supposed to be harvested. The plant was honored, you know? There are a lot of things that come to um, create the ceremony. And you go with your open heart, you do that one ceremony and you're like, okay, I feel better. You don't need to go back. You go and integrate the medicine. You go and do the work. The plant energy is with you. You can reach to her in your heart. You sit for a moment. What led you to the plant in begin with? Maybe you were meditating. Maybe you were going too fast. Maybe you had an accident and you just want to calm your nerves. Okay. But now it's your turn. Ask the plan. She's in your heart. Ask the plan. What's next? The plan will guide you. And it might even tell you, you know, you need to do this or you need to do that. Or it sometimes are visions or sometimes it's a feeling. But I don't believe going back to get more. It's like getting a pill from the doctor. And because it doesn't work, you get a higher dosage. You know, it's like, that's not the answer. And the pill of the doctor is going to have side effects. The same with this, you know. Again, if you are not in a good space, you are not grounded enough to receive this medicine and you continue to do it, you become like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like kind of crazy. I don't know the right term. You know, you start like seeing things when you're like, say I'm having a conversation with you and I'm seeing things and I believe the thing is here and I'm talking to the entity while I'm talking, you're going to think like, what's wrong with her? If I see it and I'm having a conversation with you at this moment, I'm going to acknowledge it, but I'm going to continue my conversation and say, I'll talk to you later because I know I'm grounded and I know I'm having a podcast. But if my, if I'm not grounded enough and I'm seeing this and talking to the three of you, doesn't make sense, right? It's kind of like that. You have to be in a good space. Don't ask for another ceremony if you haven't done the work. Don't ask for an extra dosage to your doctor if the medicine is not working. Your body's telling you something. Your mind, your soul is telling you something. I'm so happy that you mentioned that because I think um, I was listening to a podcast with Khalil Rafati. I don't know if you've heard of him, but He's the founder of Sun Life Organics, an incredible story. He wrote the book, I Forgot to Die, and he's an ex-heroin addict. And it was the first time, I, I think one other podcast that I've listened to in the past has spoken to this, which is the risk of overusing psychedelic compounds. And 
I think just you have finally summarized it so beautifully from the perspective of like healing. If your intention is healing and you're doing it over and over and over again to heal more, to heal more, it is just no different at that point than taking a drug. And I think it's important to witness that everything has positive benefits, but can also have negative side effects, like everything in moderation. This is still something that is affecting your state. Do you have any thoughts from an energetic standpoint? You mentioned kind of the term being ungrounded. Like if people are perhaps overdoing it or continuing to go back, what are some of the things that can happen from an energetic point of view or what you maybe have you witnessed anything like this? Well, I have witnessed stuff. And also I just wanted to say like the plants are here to bring us back to balance. The plants are not here for us to take them every, the rest of our life. You can enjoy a nice cup of tea at home of maybe you feel like, oh, I need extra love in my heart and you drink your rose tea. But the plants, you're not supposed to be taking them for the rest of your life to continue healing. You want to bring yourself back to harmony. You know, I don't take the same herbs I used to take to get rid of my fibroids anymore. I'm okay with it. I'm done with my womb healing. So now I'm enjoying my cup of tea or meditating with tea, but I'm not like going back to the same, the same, like there is no more to heal. And that's what this is, is about, you know, the journey of healing, you get to harmony and that's good. I've seen people that overdo what they do and they're psychotic. I had like, you know, I saw something really sad with a person that I know and she went really psychotic. She had to like be entering one of those uh, places where they tie you with it because she overdid it. And then she, in her, she was so ungrounded and not centered and not knowing that what she was seeing was a vision that she was living. And she was telling me these stories. I'm like, I don't think you're listening to me at this moment. I think we really, you really need to ground. And it was really sad. And they had to like put her in the, in the hospital. And it, it was just overdoing it, thinking that that was the answer. And the answer is not there. The answer is here. The answer is here. You know, it. your nervous system will tell you the anxiety that you get, the bad feeling that you get. Honor that. If your body doesn't feel well, lay down. You don't have to like go to work calling sick. Trust me, there is a reason why. Even like when you are delayed for something, the universe is protecting you. Maybe there was an accident like two minutes before that and it's protecting you. That's why you are delayed. Honor everything that you receive. You know, you just go out there and you just re- keep doing and keep doing and keep doing. Your mind, you know, has a limit too. Your mind stop realizing what's real and what's not. You need to know the difference. You need to know there is different planes. Yeah, acknowledge that. But you're living in this plane. It's also incredible because, and I'll go back to what you had said, not completely paraphrasing, but you you essentially mentioned like, the plant lives within you. It is not about like the overconsumption of the plant at this point, right? And it's not about consuming the plant forever. And the irony is, I think that a lot of people who do consume these plants experience this greater connection to nature, to earth. And it's so beautiful and so magnificent when you're in it. But the constant consumption of it, and you talked about the importance of, you know, how the plant was harvested 
who had harvested it, the intention behind it, all of those being factors that are so important. And I think that there's, and this word is coming to me, like this awareness of the over-consumerism of the plant medicine. Like it's just so important to be aware of our, I think, innate habit and desire and addictive kind of seeking of that same high that you speak to so beautifully, like how to view it differently and how to honor it. And, you know, because if you just continue to consume and consume and consume this, there's the risk of, as you said, becoming ungrounded, but fundamentally that's not in harmony with nature at all. (laughs) It's just feeding another experience of some sort of a high that is disconnecting you at that point, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Honoring the plant is not about like over consuming the plant. Honoring the plant is about you burning your bundle of white sage one leaf at a time. You connect with the spirit of white sage that way. You don't need to burn a whole bundle when this plant is over harvest. You grow your own white sage at home. You burn one leaf at a time. That's how you honor. You don't take flowers from the reserve areas when you go on a hike. You let them grow. You tend a little area, you you water the area if you want, honor it. And then you're buying a stuff from other people or attending a stuff or ceremonies. Like, where is this stuff coming from? You know, maybe a little bit more research when it comes to these details. Where are you getting your herbs from? Are they like harvesting in the time of harvesting? It is very, very important to know where the medicine is coming from. It is very important to, you know, I talk to my plants every day. You know, I tend to them. And I'm not saying I'm better because of that. No, I do it because I have such a connection with each of my plants. And they give me the medicine. And when I make teas for ceremonies, I pray to them. And I ask them, you know, may the people that receive your medicine receive the medicine that they need. May you support them in their healing journey. You know, things like that. And I I introduce people to different plants that are accessible here. Nettles, nettles crossing your garden, grounding, nourishing, full of minerals, vitamins. You sit down, you meditate, and you have these beautiful visions and sometimes this feeling of caring. I have people telling me, I feel like my grandma was around me after meditating with nettles because it's a nourishing earth. The nourishing herbs are like grandpa medicine, you know, like your grandma, your grandpa surrounding you. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. And I have a garden and I have so many nettles. I feel like I had this moment where I was like, wow, okay. They're definitely calling to me. Like they're surrounding me, literally. Nettles is beautiful. It's like, you know, nourishing for your kidneys, your adrenals. Uh, you know, we like get them so tired. You're a liver. Very beautiful, full of vitamins. You can make like a hairspray, you know, it's like good for the hair, good for the nails. And you can make a nice pesto if you want to eat it. Just wear gloves when you harvest because she likes to pinch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. Antoinette, this was such a nourishing conversation, (laughs) truly. And I could speak with you for hours. We are actually over time. I apologize. So If you could just share with folks anything exciting that you have coming up and I will link everything below, feel free to share whatever it is that's that's true for you and coming up in your world. 
Sure. I have a monthly ceremony that I do during the new moon. It takes place at Trilogy. If you're in San Diego, you know the studio. Otherwise, I have my program, Earth Magic Immersion, where I, I teach how to connect with spirit. No, I don't teach. I remind you how to talk to the spirit of the plant, how to create your own medicine. That starts in October. Otherwise, you can reach out to uh, do one-on-one sessions with me. And I will link your website and your contact information below, folks, if you'd like to check that out. Antoinette, thank you so, so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It was great talking about plants. I love it. We can keep going. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Nourish. If you enjoyed this conversation, please leave a review. Five-star reviews help the podcast grow, and I'm so grateful for that. I publish new episodes twice a month, so hit the subscribe button to be notified. And if you want to stay connected in between episodes, join my community on Instagram and TikTok at nourish underscore podcast. All right, that's all I got for you today. See you next time.